about that. Man, I'm so happy. And I couldn't quit shaking. What's up, everyone? Uh, welcome to episode one of The Chase. Uh, we're really excited to bring you guys episode one. Uh, we appreciate everybody's patience uh, in the release of this first episode. Uh, got a couple of really good friends. The studio is packed right now. We are recording live. I, I really didn't expect that we would have uh, six people in here, but uh, welcome to the studio, and uh, let's have some fun today. So a little bit of background on The Chase. This is something that we have been wanting to do. So we spend a ton of time outdoors. Uh, for the most part, we document a lot of our stories. You can find our videos online, Chasing the King uh, on YouTube. And it was one of those things where we literally spent so much time outside. It was like, why aren't we recording this? You know, why aren't we doing a podcast? So fortunately, here we are. Uh, good investment later. And hopefully we bring some content that everybody that you guys want to hear. Uh, I think the goal here would be to deliver content from a layman perspective, but also something that even the highest level experts can appreciate. So I'm going to kind of work in clockwork order like we did last time. I want to go around, give a little introduction to everybody. We're going to get into a little bit of the purpose of, you know, why we spend so much time outdoors. And again, just a little bit more background and dialogue on the show. So my name's Aaron. I'll be your guys' host today. Uh, I'm a horticulturalist, just love spending time outdoors. I'm a plant nerd. Uh, I would say hunting for bears is my number one passion when it comes to spending time outdoors. Um, I got affiliated with some of the people in this room through starting Arizona bear hunting, which is just a, is a social media outlet for exactly what it sounds like bear hunting in Arizona. Um, I met Dylan a couple years back through a, an acquaintance and everything else kind of fell into a place. So I got Josh Kirchner, the dialed in hunter. Josh, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. What's up, man? Um, so my name is Josh Kirchner, uh, bow hunter. Uh, love bear hunting just like I think everybody here does. This is why we, that's actually kind of why we know each other, right? From bear hunting. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. We, through Arizona bear hunting, I think is how we kind of actually met. Yeah, we're yeah. bear nerds. Um, <laughs> there, there's not a whole lot of us. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stick together. So, uh, yeah, I love bear hunting. Um, I have, I haven't been hunting a ton for a really long time. So I'm, I probably four to five years have been like really going after it. Um, about a year into that, I started a blog, uh, started writing articles and stuff just to kind of like document. I thought I saw recently you released your 100th blog. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty steep, man. Hundredth, that's hundredth article. That's kind of crazy for yeah. me. Yeah. And this guy brings, uh, in my opinion, really good content. It's well thought out. It's well delivered. I texted you the other day. I said, man, you need to stop. You're a bad influence on my pocketbook, right? It's like everything <laughs> you, you put some out on the internet, it's like, dang, dude. It's like, okay, I, I guess I need a new food processor today, right? Or I need a new vacuum sealer today. Oh, I didn't realize, but now I need a new backpack. So right. <laughs> um, from my perspective, man, I really appreciate the content that you put out. I think I think you provide honest reviews. I think you uh, you know, provide good information. And the other thing is you use all the stuff you, you write about, man. Oh, it's, not yeah. like, it's not like you're writing it from a subjective standpoint standpoint like you physically use this stuff yeah no i am super against i think the hunting industry kind of gets uh there's a misconception among a lot of people and i think that's kind of sad because you kind of gotta really pay attention to who you're trusting to tell you to use this bow or this pack or whatever i 
will not. I'm not a tool. No. Like I well, like I will. Arguably. Like, right. No. Like I will not. <laughs> like I'm not going to use something just because somebody, you know, gives it to me for yeah. free. I've I've been kind of against that. Yeah. You're a good part. dude, man. I, I mean, admittedly, I had a had a bias. I had read some of your you know articles before we met. I'm like, yeah, who is this guy? This is another guy writing stories. But um, I appreciate you making it out here today. I appreciate so, it, man. Thanks for having me. I got uh, Dylan Curry in front of me. Dylan, you want to give us a little background uh, on yourself and maybe your outfit if you'd like. Yeah, I uh, own an outfit called Chasing the King, which primarily focuses on hunting public land black bears in Arizona. So that's my connection with everybody here in this room is that that continued obsession with black bear hunting. <laughs> uh, seems to be a problem that I get everybody else involved <laughs> with, too. Um, been guiding since 2014, and, and after I graduated from the U of A, got a bachelor's degree in agribusiness economics and management from U of A. And Me and you go back and forth. Like, you're the one guy in the room that is a total plant nerd. Absolutely. Like we'll, we'll be in the woods like, oh, man, what is that? Or taking pictures of plant buds. Like, we did almost like a full survey on manzanita berries this year. Why? It's yeah. just like, for no reason, it's like week by week, we were like, okay, here's the flower this week, and next week, here's the flower. So Ex- Exactly. D- documenting things and their progression throughout the year. I, I'm fascinated by it, fascinated by the the terrain we get to hunt in and and being out there with guys that actually understand what's right. going on around them beyond just hunting. The hunting and the animals are cool, but I think it's way more informational to pick right. up stuff from your environment. And you say it like it is, man. That's one thing I appreciate appreciate about you. Like I'll have a I'll, I'll have an idea. I think this idea is the most grand idea and I'll run it past Dylan. He'll be like, nah dude. Like that's not that's not how this is gonna go down. But I appreciate that on the input and I think that's something you'll bring to the show. It's just like a really honest perspective. Um Cole Kemp, what you got for us over there, man? I'm the uh, the token ginger out of this group. <laughs> <laughs> for, for all those listeners out there, I do have red hair, and I'm I'm pretty good looking. You're so. a dying population, man. <laughs> <laughs> so You're like so those we'll really rare it, key deers. We'll down get in Florida. it started off with that, but um, I don't know, man. Just got a, a love and and passion for the outdoors, like everyone in this room. Um, I've been uh, just started guiding uh, last year. I've I've gone on several other guide hunts with with Dylan chasing the king and um, a couple other outfitters. And you guys um, spent some time down in Mexico this year. We did. Yeah, it was How my was that, first man? time down in Sonora. The food was fantastic. <laughs> the first um, thing you just said. <laughs> not <laughs> the first thing. I picture that the food there is just the, like man. The tacos I, you could go, are, I could go two doors down over here just serving up the freshest Mexican food. Oh I picture God, that's what dude. it's like in Mexico. Every, just like yeah. flies all over the place. Not exactly. very clean, but it's delicious. Exactly. The the food's good, but the hunting is equally as good down there, man. It was just. And an incredible experience, eye-opening. Just excited to finally get this podcast up and rolling. I know there's been some some difficulties getting it going. We had some technical difficulties at the jump, but here we are. We'll, we'll have to get Matt on at some point to talk yeah, Mexico no, too. Exactly. But yeah, I'm like the guy in the group. I haven't met Matt, but uh, dude, man, he's, he, he's got some good content out there. And he's he seems awesome, like a helpful man. guy. And that's what I think's going to be so awesome just about this show is we we have some awesome connections and just the network of hunters, especially in Arizona. Um, to, to really bring the listeners some some top-notch stuff. So I'm excited. Sweet. Glad to be here. Cool, man. Um, one thing I wanted to do is kind of go roundtable in the group a little bit. Um, obviously, the Chase Outdoors podcast has somewhat of, of a significant meeting, at least for us. I mean, the Chase is in the name of, of Dylan's Outfitter. But for everybody in this room and everybody in, in the industry, I don't think people are going outdoors and – well, I take that back and hiking just for fun because there are people that do that. But even <laughs> even that being said, even those people that just hike, um, if you're not hunting, like I've run into guys on trailheads that are just hiking. Um, I think everybody does it for a reason. 
Um, it's not punishing to be outdoors, um, well, to some respects. But I wanted to go around the room and maybe discuss what your guys' purposes are. Um, you know, I'll start with myself. My purpose for, for doing this is to just get a release, uh, right? That release from society to get away from the firsthand problems that are in my life. Um, I'm like anybody else. I'm just out here trying to make a living. I'm trying to make sure my rent's paid. So oftentimes I'm faced with, you know, the, sh the stresses of the external life. Me getting outdoors kind of takes care of all of that. So I like the ability to get away. Um, and furthermore, just learning, man. I mean, I learned so much about myself when I'm outdoors. Like I said, when, I'm, when I go out with Dylan, we're learning about the edibility of plants. Like I want to know why is that deer eating that berry? Is that berry edible to humans? Like that thought process goes through my head. So you know, I live for kind of those little small moments um, or even more the camaraderie of hunting, right? I think that's something that most of us can agree with is that when you're out in the hills, um, and Josh might think a little bit different about this, I'm a lot more of a social hunter than I am a solo hunter. Sure. So the social aspect of being outdoors and, you know, planning the hunt and getting everything ready and getting out and seeing your buddies and spending time at camp, um, that does it for me. And then, you know, obviously the benefits of the game meet, I mean, that's, that's always a plus. You go out and you're successful. You get to bring that home. I have exposed so many of my Flatlander city friends to game meet. It's like, hey, check out this backstrap. I mean, they don't know what that backstrap means, but exposing other people to that or being there when my nephew caught his first fish, just like that feeling I get, you know, more or less, that's my purpose of, of why I spend time outdoors. Uh, Josh, what you got for us, man? Why do you, what does it for you and what kind of drives you to keep hunting? So, um, I feel, I feel like, uh, the society we live in is incredibly fast. I feel like it's super easy for us to get wrapped up in the nine to five rat race. I also feel like that's unhealthy. So for me, like I can feel that, man. Like if I haven't been out for a month right. or something, I'm like, I start feeling that, you know, You're I jonesing for the woods. Oh yeah, dude, I got to get out. I got to like get out and forget about stuff. Um, so I think that's healthy to do that. I think it's right. healthy to like disconnect, you know, turn your cell phone off. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's almost frustrating too. It's just starting to cut you off. You no, ever no, get no. so far back in the country, you're like, "How do I have 4G right here?" Yeah, I yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's like, have... I can't get I can't get service in North Scottsdale, but all of a sudden I got I've hiked five miles in. I got 4G perfect service. Now I can't release from the phone, and yeah. I'm on the social media, and it's yeah. like batteries dying. It's like I just yeah. came here to get away from this. Yeah, it's like gosh, I think we're all guilty of that. There's no deer in this area. I'm just gonna <laughs> troll troll Instagram and see what other people are saying. Right? right? <laughs> that, so that's a crutch, right? Like yeah. we we use that like when we don't know a lot of us we don't know what to do with ourselves we turn right. to social media like oh, oh i don't know what to do i'm gonna scroll through facebook yeah. and i've maybe, thought about maybe someone killed a, a deer in the same unit that i'm hunting right now so i can <laughs> just gotta i see. can check the background and maybe right? see where where they're at and go hunt over there yeah i've actually yeah. considered um because i'll take my phone as a gps sure like, so my phone is it serves so many functions but i've actually thought like man should I get uh, more like a satellite phone and then go to a handheld mm -hmm. GPS? That way, I'm only communicating if I absolutely have to. Right. But man, I can't let it go. It's addicting, right? It's bad. Yeah, yeah. Weird. We are we are a social being. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's why. Like I, like I'm, you mentioned, uh, I might think differently about this. Well, I say that because I know you're like a solo backpack hunter. Yeah, I like. I do super enjoy being alone, um, just for the peace. 
you know um if you want to like quote unquote find yourself yeah. that that's an incredible way it's to something do that. that everybody should do once yeah yeah I, and i try to plan a few of those a year when i'm you know i'm just I'm just hunting by myself, you know, but I also, I mean, dude, I love going out with, with my friends and stuff. Like we just, we just recently went on a backpack bear hunt, which was for me, like I had never, I'd met you before, never met Dylan, never met Cole. I'm sitting there in camp in the dark. And then I just see these like dudes walking up through the dark. (laughs) Who are, who are these guys? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, I think that's pretty cool that, we had we kind of had a bond before we even met in right. person. That's what I was kind of getting you know? at with the camaraderie of hunting. It's yeah. almost like you can you trust other guys for the most part, yeah. or at least if maybe you've connected, you know, on social media or something like that. Oh, for sure, man. And then like, you know, with Cole, like Cole shot his first bear back there. That was awesome. And when he was going down there after these bears and stuff, I was at just like it was like I was going down there. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like I was super pumped, man. It was like watching this like intoxicating TV show. And, um, you also knew it a... was his first though. You know? yeah, I think but, when you get, yeah. when you get to experience somebody getting their first, whether it's like your deer or, or, your, or their first bear, like to me, that's the coolest, but oh, whatever sure. it is, I mean, it's certainly yeah. cool to share that with them. Yeah, man. Don't say the B word around Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably get into that in a later <laughs> episode. They don't do really well with the bear word, but they, they don't get it yet. We'll get there. Dylan, what you got, man? What's your purpose of uh, kind of why you spend time outdoors and why you like to hunt? I mean, it, it's a complete addiction and obsession. There's not not really any light way to put that. Um, you just you get addicted to to getting away from the world, like Josh is talking about. You get away from all the hustle and bustle that's going on in town, and, right? And you get to connect and experience things in in such a, a more real way than you do when when you're glued to technology and glued to all the chaos that's going on in life when when you're out in the mountains it's you and your immediate surroundings and what's going on around you and you know part of it there's a lot of failure that comes with hunting too and when you do succeed even the little steps i might just be waking up in the morning in the dark and and you know climbing up a mountain to get on a rock to glass that's a mile away and each of those little tiny steps that you take throughout the day there's accomplishment to each of those steps and i think you kind of get addicted to this success and failure thing and particularly with bear hunting that all of us have in common it can be a freaking grind midday it can be you know you you could have five days and not see anything you you, (laughs) not to mention when they give us the bear season like the first week of august could you it's like man the hottest can be you know you you gotta always you got to have your head right when you're when you're out there you got to be focused on what you're doing so uh, i don't know man it's it's just an addiction to to that release of of being in a in a very hyper real environment when you're running what about you cole what you got for us yeah man um being at the end of this round table i guess these guys have all said you know some some spot on things that i agree with um for my purpose of getting into the outdoors um, but really, dude, it's just it's it's getting out there and just enjoying um, the scenery, um, the fresh air, and uh, experiencing that with other people. I find great joy in you know, especially if it's a a new person um, to hunting or just even getting getting outside. the The joy that I get out of that is it takes you back to you know that first time you were you experienced right. it right i mean the first, somebody had to introduce you exactly and yeah. even if it's not um say hunting related or fishing related but just like think about that first time we all experienced just the outdoors of right. like sleeping in a tent yep um 
you know, not being in like a, a shelter like your home. Um, and, you know, you go to bed and you're like, oh, gosh, or, is a bear going to attack me? <laughs> or just like that fear. You have the super unrational exactly. fears of what just might like happen. That fear. But that's what's so cool about the outdoors is it is it throws, you know, these different fears, these these different challenges, these different hurdles um, at you. And, and you have to overcome those. And and that's the cool part is is whenever you're outside, there's always a new challenge that you're going to overcome, no matter how many times you've been out there. Right. You could be. You could be a veteran at, at hunting or a veteran at right. a veteran outdoorsman, but you're still gonna have hurdles that you'll have to overcome. Which is why you know it's the wild. The outdoors is wild, and, right. and I think that's what deep down in all of our you know our hearts and our passions for the outdoors, it's that wild side um, that we can unleash when we're when we're doing the things we do and love. So what I was saying earlier when Josh was explaining his purpose is like I really think everybody one time should experience a solo hunt or at least a solo camping trip. I know, I think it was in 2015 opening day bear season. I wanted to get out, had nobody to go with. And I went as far as I could get back in some country and I went by myself. And just like you're talking about your first time, I mean, obviously I'd camped and I had hunted and I'd done all that, but I hadn't done this all by myself. You know, and there I laid in my tent thinking, I'm like, man, it was like, what if I get attacked by a bear? And then I started thinking, well, actually, it might be good, good, because I'm looking for bears right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but you have these fears, and um, man, you got to get out there and experience. I, I guess what I, I'm trying to get at with asking you guys the question, what and what I would encourage other people to do, like perhaps if you're sitting back and you're listening to this podcast, I think we're going to get a lot of people that hunt, but for people that are just getting into it, like get out there, find your purpose, find what you like to do. If you just like to backpack and you just like to hit the hills and hike, then just do that. If you if fly fishing is your thing and you don't want to hunt nothing and you just want to catch big trout and put them back, then by all means. But I think any aspect of being in the field and being outdoors, there's something to be learned from it, whether it's the hardship, whether it's the success that you experience, whether it's the camaraderie, um, whether it's just bonding with new people, meeting new people. I think that there's a purpose out there uh, for everybody to experience and for everybody to learn. So, to, is anything you yeah, want to add? Yeah, to to distill it all down into a paragraph and try to explain it, you know, on the spot of, of why we do what we do is it's real difficult to cap, to, cap, to capture in an entirety of what we do. It's it's going to come out as we talk about all these different topics, and you, you're going to see e- each person that we talk with see you know what their passion and their their little niche, what what they focus on when they're out there. You're going to see that as we talk about more topics. Cool, man. Um, I want to keep this roundtable theme going. And one thing that I want to ask you guys, I'll start with myself. Um, what's your favorite hunting story? Okay. This could be a success story that you've experienced. It maybe doesn't even have to be your favorite, but just something I think a listener would appreciate. Um, and I'll start with mine. So last year, it was probably June. So, you know, about exactly a year ago, June 2017. And I had just bought a new Honda side-by-side. So, you know, I had it all set up, ready to go. They had just stocked, um, what's the creek up there? I'm forgetting the name. Where? Uh, right up in <laughs> northern Arizona. I'm forgetting the name. Anyways, oh, the Verde River. Really it's not a creek. Narrows it, down. Yeah, it, was, it was up at the Verde River. They had just stocked the Verde River. So I'm like, cool, man. I got the side-by-side. I want to test this thing out. I got the girl loaded up. Here we go. Fishing pole's ready to go. So, you know, we're making our trek. And... I'm, I'm taking the back roads, you know, I want to, I want to make this an extensive trip. So, you know, I'm four wheel driving, 
And here I am going through a canyon of some real nasty country. And I come up on a parked uh, two-wheel drive Chevy Trailblazer. Parked on the side of this two-track. Guy standing there with his dog. And I'm thinking, oh, God. Like, this guy, this guy's got it out for him. Like, what is he doing? So, you know, I stop. I pull up to him. I say, hey, man, uh, everything all right? He says, oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm just looking at my map. He says, you know, this road is... This road is worse than I thought I was. I said, you know, where are you, where are you trying to get? Because, you know, I knew this area pretty well. So he points out on the map where he wants to go. I look at him. I said, man, like, what are you thinking taking this road in a two-wheel drive? And he kind of looks at me. I kind of had two decisions at that moment, right? I could have just been like, well, cool, man. Good luck. So I asked him, I said, what are you even doing up here right now? And he goes, man, I got a late-season bull hunt. I say, like a December bull hunt? Yeah, yeah, I got, the, I got a December bull hunt. I go, and you're scouting in June, <laughs> right? And he looks at me. So I'm kind of laughing at the guy, like, in my head, but I'm thinking, one, that takes dedication. Sure. Like, this dude's got to be, be into it, which I respected. And he just wants to be successful, which I also respected. And so I said, I tell you what, man, I'm, I know where you're trying to go. I've been up there. There's a bunch of elk. This is how you want to get there. So I show him on the map, and, you know, Long story short, we go our different ways, but I exchanged contact information. I said, man, if you want help on that hunt, call me. I'll help you. I'll be no problem helping you. So he gets back in service and he says, hey, man, you know, there's a really bad thunderstorm. I appreciate you guys, you know, telling me the alternate, uh, the alternate route to get where I wanted to go. And I end up helping this guy uh, come December. Through trial and error, you know, he harvests his first bull. 30 minutes before he shoots, his first bull, we're sitting up on the hill, and, you know, it's real first light in the morning, we're looking at the elk deep down in this canyon, and I said, man, you know you shoot one of these elk, this is going to suck. He says, oh, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get an elk, and I said, yeah, I know you're saying that, but I'm just, we just want to point out, you know, if you shoot an elk, this is going to suck. So long story short, he ends up shooting his elk, and we're down there field dressing it, and it's just the two of us. Um, I thought I knew the country, but I obviously didn't because there was a road down below us. Forgive me. I, I wish I would have taken the road down, but instead I look at him. I said, well, here we are. You know, let's pack out of the canyon. You know, well, seven, eight hours later, it literally took us all day to get the elk out of the canyon. And I thought uh, the gentleman I was with, I thought he was close to death by the time we got out. <laughs> but long story short, what I'm getting at, like we just talked about, man, Seeing his the smile on that guy's face, you know, taking taking the pictures of him, realizing what he had just accomplished, being able to listen to him call his dad and say, "Hey, dad, man, I did it." Like to me, that was it was literally one of the coolest experiences I had had, just because of how it all played out, um, and having the backstory that I had with this gentleman. Like, I don't know, I felt like in a sense I was paying it forward, helping him, and I think more people should do that. But it was just the coolest experience for me to you know, be able to help a gentleman out who is just trying to be successful. And then to this day, we're still friends. You know, it's like, he's asking me, he wants to come help on my elk tag, or he just wants to get out there and experience it, which I respect. So Josh, you got a story for us? Yeah, dude. Well, first, thanks for telling me that story. I haven't heard that before. Dude. That's, yeah, no, I figured that'd be a good one to share. That was good. That was good. Aaron recanted this, you know, whole story to us. And, and I'm like, uh, you know, there was a road at the bottom of the mountain, right? <laughs> oh, it's like, just no, there's not a road down at the bottom. Don't tell me that. He wanted to do it the hard way, okay? We did so. it the hard way. <laughs> the really hard way. I assured him it was not going to be fun, and it wasn't fun. That's so is, awesome. that, is that guy still a hunter, even after that pack out? Colin's still hunting, man. And I think that 
he was devastated he didn't get an elk tag. The guy was, you know, hitting me up afterwards, you know, getting my thoughts about some limited opportunity. And I was like, don't waste your just time. <laughs> a, just accept that you didn't get the tag, yeah. you know. Put in for put in for like a, you know, a, a deer tag. You got a good chance of drawing and, you know, just just save it for next year. That's awesome, so, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Great story. Um, so, so mine, kind of a personal, like, defining moment for myself was, um, about five years ago, um, first bear hunt I ever went on, I was by myself for nine days. Um, on day eight, I was calling my wife and being like, Hey, uh, <laughs> not you like, were you like nine days in the field extensive or you're just on like ninth day of the hunt? No, no consecutive. Yeah. That's pretty uh, good. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty a, good hunt right there. Yeah, dude, it was a grind. Um, so I call my wife and I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm not seeing any bears. Like obviously this is my first bear hunt. I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. So all this discouragement setting in, um, and she's like, well, you just, just stay, you don't have anything else to do. Just stay out there. <laughs> so like, if, you, if you're going to twist my arm, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know, so I get up the next morning and I decide, you know, I'm just going to mosey on down this Canyon and, uh, just hang out. You know, I didn't really know what to do, but I'm like, I'm just going to go down here and glass and whatever. I'm just going to sit there and let things happen. And I had been seeing deer like the whole time, like a lot of deer and, uh, almost to an annoyance. And then, so I see more deer walking up the hill right. across from me and I'm like, oh great, more deer, you know, which I'm kind of, I kind of love, kind of hate. It's like you're, sure. if you're bear hunting and you're seeing no bears, yeah. at least give me some animals to glass. Right. No. Yeah, for sure. So that was cool. But like. So I'm watching these deer walk up the hill, and as all of us know, like, coos deer, coos deer are incredibly fidgety. This buck was acting, like, ten times more fidgety than he than they normally right. would, though. You know what I mean? Um, so then, you know, they're walking up the hill, and then I hear something crashing down the hill, and I see this big, long tail come charging down the hill, and it was a mountain lion, and I've never seen one before. Um, and... I just kind of watched this like National Geographic moment right. in front of me. You know, yeah, is this is this actually is this happening actually happening? Right yeah. now, what do I do? Yeah, absolutely. So get the gun, get the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the deer got away. The lion's sitting there in front of me. I had been rifle hunting. You know, I'm sitting there and and I I realized I was like, oh my my goodness, I have a rifle. I have a, right. a lion tag. You know what I mean? I totally forgot. <laughs> just like so. Um, yeah. Good. good. Fifteen dollars well spent, or whatever right? It yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, shot the lion. You know, long story short, he runs over a hill, and I'm by myself. I'm trying to get a hold of buddies and my family and stuff. Try to help me come track this mountain lion. This was your first big game kill, right? B- yeah, like. So tra- you're like, what do I do? Like, yeah, do I track what the blood? Do I go after it? Exactly. Kinda, yeah. yeah, and it's not a deer. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. oh great, I'm gonna track this lion. So I'm like, I couldn't. Nobody could come up and help me. So I'm like, well. I'm going, Here it you goes. know, so went, found blood, um, found a big pool of blood and it, it kind of stopped uh, stayed there for about five minutes looking around and, and I looked up through the trees and I saw that tail again and, uh, lion was laying underneath a juniper licking itself, wasn't dead yet. And I just kind of, I'd never seen a lion before. So I kind of took that in, you know, and right. shot the lion, um, dead in seconds. Right. right. Um, skinned it you know did the whole deal the best you could you know what i mean like never did it before you know so got that lion out of there and got to my truck 
put it in the cooler and I drove away and I remember feeling, I remember thinking to myself, like, my goodness, like that feeling of driving away. And after doing all that by myself, right. Like that's a feeling I'm going to forever chase like hundred percent. Right. So I, there's, there's the feeling of having the, the, your kill in the back of your truck and feeling real good. The opposite end of that is when you're driving away unsuccess, unsuccessful, you're like five miles per hour. You're like, I have something's going to pop out here any second. Just waiting, waiting. <laughs> yeah. So. Had some of those. That was pretty cool. So, uh, Dylan, if you would, uh, why don't you give us one one hunting story that you want to share with everybody else? Yeah, there, there, there's too many to to pick. That that's the nice thing about the outdoors. There's lots of good memories, lots of good stories. But you made a comment about a limited opportunity elk tag, and uh, my wife had one a couple of years back, and and it was not a hunt that we killed something on, but it was a very memorable hunt for me because that you know the elk hunts late elk hunts taking place in you know late november early december and at at the time my wife was five weeks postpartum after having our daughter after having a c-section and you know with a five-week-old baby we spent 12 days traipsing around in the mountains chasing Mm -hmm. elk around and early in the hunt actually was any elk tag and she actually did have the opportunity to shoot a couple elk but they were cows and and young spikes and she wanted to kill a nice bull is what she was looking for she wanted to shoot you know a mature bull she didn't right. want to shoot a young animal and we got a got on a big group and she opted to pass i mean we were under 100 yards on the elk and in, in the junipers and it was it which was, is surprising because in my experiences with you you're very good at talking people into shooting animals <laughs> sunday it, <laughs> what are you silly it depends on the situation she had a goal in mind prior to the hunt right. and and it wasn't what she wanted to shoot so it's like also okay. your wife so you kind of got to respect the boundaries but still a- absolutely yeah but you know so we backed out of there you know the elk, elk eventually blew off and and we continued to hunt and that was like day one or two on the hunt and we spent i think a total of 12 and a half 13 days that we actually hunted on this hunt and keep in mind we have a, a five-week-old little girl <laughs> in a carrier the whole time yeah. hiking around covering lots of ground and you know it's not easy conditions at that time of year particularly if you've just had a c-section and you're trying to climb up mountains and stuff like that so it was it was a different pace than most hunts but it was cool to me to see because one most of the time we're out there hunting with guys right it's a totally different experience to go out there and hunt with females and you don't feel bad when you're with your buddy you're like dude pick it up man you little wuss like what are you walking like that for it's like and i'm the slow walker right so i hear it all it's like I was walking out with Cole. He's like, you poor thing, man. You're all right. You know, he's like consoling me. So I get what you're saying, though. It, exactly. You know, most of the time you have with guys, there's there's zero sympathy for right. if, if if you guys are hurting and feel I'm bad. Like, dude, my, like, when I have a blister that is pouring out blood on the back of my foot, he's like, let's go. Come on. You know, pick it up. Rub some dirt if on he it. dies, he dies. You know, <laughs> if he so dies, I, he dies. You know, when it's your wife, right after having a baby, it's a totally different story. And for the determination she had to keep pushing through that hunt, and I think it was on about day 12 that got real rainy, got real stormy, and she actually had a shot opportunity on a raghorn bull, but, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a, a yearling like she had right. opportunity on, on prior, and she missed a shot opportunity on it and, and was heartbroken over the incident. And that was, you know, pretty much at the end of the time that we had allotted that we could actually hunt to hunt. But it was, it was a totally different experience to go through that with her 
considering the whole situation and particularly for that length of time, I didn't I didn't know if we were going to be out there for six hours just driving around in a truck. I had no idea that she was going to be capable of so much, especially going after, you know, right after such a huge event in your life. Right. And something that is really, you know, detrimental to your body. Mm-hmm. And to go out there and just keep grinding slow and steady and keep going was, was pretty awesome, incredible man. to see. Yeah. I respect that. And, you know, considering the country that you guys hunt, I'm sure that she wasn't getting very many breaks. So good for you guys, man. Cole, what do you got over there for us, man? One good hunting story or something you'd like to share with everybody else? All right. Um, similar to Dylan, I think we all have like a lot of hunting stories, right? We all hunt a lot. We've all killed a lot of stuff. We've all been successful. We all haven't. But uh, the one that's like came to my mind when you first said that we were going to talk about this um, is the first successful hunt that I was on. And uh, I was 10 years old. I wasn't hunting, um, but I was with Bubba, which you guys know is, is my dad. Everyone's, everyone's Bubba seen, senior. seen Bubba in camp, and he's, he's awesome. But uh, he, uh, him and my brother drew a, uh, a 6A javelina tag, archery javelina tag. Um, so we loaded up, and we actually stayed at, I think it's like the Comfort Inn in Birdie Valley. Right next to the <laughs> sounds about right. Right next to the uh, the Burger King, right. So if you guys live in Camp Verde, you know which one I'm talking about. Um, so we stayed in a hotel because it's like January, and I think a snowstorm came in, and it's my first hunt. So you know I'm 10 years old. I'm right. amped up. Right. We get out. You know, opening morning. Uh, we head out. My dad's like, and if you guys have hunted with my dad, he's like kind of like the old timer, right? So so he'll like throw rocks at a bush to like see if a deer will jump out. <laughs> Like, not stuff you should be doing. Well, opening, you, you might get, let's see if we can get some yeah, movement. Just don't yeah, rock some You know candy. what I mean? And, and he's awesome to hunt with. But um, he brought a squeaky toy, like a dog squeaky toy. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to try to call in a, a javelina with this. And I was like, are you kidding me, Dad? I'm 10. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know a thing about it. But he's your father. Like, like you got to believe father, him. So you're not going like, to question what he's doing. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, we're going to call in a javelina with this squeaky toy. So we're sitting there and he's, you know, we're all in our camo and they got their bows and my dad's out there just squeak, 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 <laughs> right? The, so fact that, like, the fact that this is going to be a success story, I dude, can't wait. Proceed. So, so it's opening morning and uh, he's, we're out there squeaking the squeaky toy and churn, dude, two coyotes come in and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> this toy's like money. This, this thing is working. Like they're like, it's, we're actually, we might, we call them coyotes. So Maybe can, we'll, I, can I just pump the brakes real quick? What kind of squeaky toy? Are we talking Dude, the like the basketball, like the basketball <laughs> oh, squeaky goodness. toy. So it's bright orange, right? So are you so sure they were coyotes? Did they have collars on? No, they domestic were, dogs <laughs> come running up. They were coyotes. Back. I promise you. I promise you. So so we call in two coyotes, and then we're doing this for like the first, you know, the first morning, couple right, of hours, right? And I'm like. You know, I'm 10, but I'm like, Dad, I, I don't think the squeaky toy is working, right? <laughs> we might need to try something new. I was like, new. we might need to try something new. So he's like, yeah, you're right. Um, so we get in the truck, and we go to another spot. And granted, we haven't scouted, you know, for this. I think we were hunting an area that we've never, like, no one's been, like, my dad's never been to. He's like, we just drew 6A tags, so we're going to go try to kill a javelina. There we go. Um, and for those of you that know my brother, he's kind of like, he's a, he's a little bit of a nut. Like, he'll... He'll go after animals that are, you know, way off in the distance and make right. things a lot harder than, than they have to be. Aaron. <laughs> so, so we come up, you know, we come up to this spot and we're, we're glassing through, you know, our, our Bushnell Walmart binos. Um, we've come a long way since that, but we're glassing through our Bushnell Walmart binos. And sure enough, we spot some pigs. 
Um, and my dad's like, it's game time. And he's like, Tanner. Because in my dad's thought, it's like, this is Tanner's first like hunt where he's hunting. Right. So he wanted Tanner to kill a pig, right? So he's like, Tanner, you got to go to this rock pile. And the, we're going to come around and hopefully, you know, the pigs are going to come to us. So they're going to come to you. And in my dad's mind, he's like, we're going to push the pigs right to him. So Tanner's like, all right. He hops out and he takes off after these pigs. And and uh, my dad and I come around. I mean, I'm behind my dad, you know, for all of us to if you hunted with your dad for your first time where you're not hunting, you're, you know, you're right by his belt and you're walking with him. You know, he takes this yep. step and, and you take that same step and you try to be quiet and we get in and, uh, I'm like, dad, do you know where Tanner is? And we like glass him up and Tanner's like two miles away from where my dad told him. <laughs> he ain't changed much. Two miles away. So we're just like, my dad's like, well, there's no way this kid's going to hit kill a pig. Cause he's way, way, way out of the way. So my dad's like, we're just going to go for it. So we, we hike down there. My dad has like his bow from like the 80s. I'm telling you, like this is like, yeah. like we're very new to hunting. Like my dad's hunted his whole life, but we're not like seriously invested in this. It's like just a father-son thing. So we get out there and my dad, we see the pigs and it's like 15 yards away. I'm standing up on a rock. My dad's like five, you know, five, 10 feet in front of me and draws back his bow. And you just see this arrow like, you know, just come out of this old, old bow <laughs> You know, it's not quick, but it just hits that pig, and that pig drops right in his tracks, and you just you just see me, like, jump off this rock in my dad's arms, and that's what got it, like, started for me, man, was that, man. That, that moment. And then, so we kill that pig, and it was just, like, this incredible, like, aha moment of just, like, success. Like, we did it, and then, like, we get the pig back to the truck, and it's dark, and we're like, where's Tanner? Like, Tanner's not back at the <laughs> You guys are so caught up in celebrating this Havelina. You exactly. guys celebrate. You forget Tanner's, about your brother out there. Tanner's, like, nowhere to be found. And then finally he, like, comes back and he's like, guys, like, I was out there and, like, a mountain lion came and just had this, like, crazy story of, like, why he didn't go to the right rock pile and, like, <laughs> just got all sorts. But, dude, it was just, that was, like, the one um, thing. Just to see, you know, like, the bond that we've shared. Right. You know, as, you know, with my brother and my dad, it's like, We've evolved into like such, I would say not, I mean, we're not great hunters. Like, I don't know if you would call us a great hunter, but we've come a long ways from like using squeaky toys as a call. <laughs> so, I'm kind so, you of, know, I'm kind of thinking, is that something I need to throw in the backpack? Like, it doesn't I think you need to bring much. the squeaky toy back. Yeah. Maybe. Right? It might be a future <laughs> maybe, episode maybe, called but, Coyotes. But, but yeah, toys. it was, that was it. And just, you know, we, we celebrated, you know, with a, a Whopper afterwards and we stayed in the hotel and it was just, dude, it was just an awesome moment. I that mean, sounds, great story. It was yeah. phenomenal. That's rad. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. Um, we got a little bit of time left, not a whole lot of time. I know you guys got some stuff to do. Uh, some of us are going to the full draw film tour tonight. I'm excited. This is my first one. I don't really know what to expect other than maybe see some familiar faces and watch some cool videos. Um, but I do want to ask everybody one more question. I'm going to skip myself cause I feel like I've already covered it. Um, Jake and Hank, if you guys want to try to get on, on this, I'll ask you guys last and maybe you could just pick up those seats over there. If you guys want to get in on this. But real quick, give me one benefit that either hunting, fishing, or being outdoors has provided uh, you or your family. Josh, I'm going to call on you first. One benefit. Um, sacrifice reward, man. Like, the meaning of what, what you get from hard work. Right. That's, like, one of the biggest things I've learned from I it. I think like, it's a lost. Like, that is a dying thing right it now. Re yeah, it really is. Like, we have this. We live in this world where everything is instant gratification and while sometimes there are hunts that are like that 
you know, you sit there. The majority for, of them aren't. You sit there for 30 minutes and then boom, your tag's filled. Most yeah. of them aren't, you know, and sometimes you need to, like Dylan said, like sometimes you sit, you might go five days without seeing a bear. I love the guys that's like, I want it to be hard on the last day. I'm like, not me, man. I'm like, <laughs> let that deer come in the first day, get my deer. I'm spending the rest of the time at camp feet up. You know? Right, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that, that's probably for me, like the biggest, the biggest takeaway. Sweet, yeah. man. Dylan, one benefit? Uh, Josh is stealing all my points on stuff. It's, you know, all, all mental, bringing back the the mental state that you have to be in and go out there and push through stuff to, to know what your actual capabilities are right. when you're out in the field. And then when, when stuff's going on, you know, when you're quote-unquote real life back at home, you, you know what you can handle, you know what you can push through, you, you know the edges of your limits, it's, you know, biggest benefit I, I guess is you know getting to know yourself and becoming a stronger person right I mean like taking those those hardships and those failures internalizing it and learning from it I mean it's something that for me I mess up in my job like I'm like dang it but when I mess up on a hunt I take it a little bit more personal but yeah it's, it's way more personal when you're right. when you're in the field and, and you have a, a very limited amount of time you to be out a couple there. days to do every out move there. you make yep. matters and and you might not be able to go do this for another year. Right. Cole, give me one benefit that being outdoors has provided for you. Yeah, these guys are, are super, you know, sentimental, and they dug real deep in this. But, I mean, dude, I do it for the meat, right? Like, that's one thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's I mean, a big benefit. That like, is kind of one like of the main benefits. Like, everyone's getting all sentimental, but, uh, like, think about it, like, like okay, yeah, I worked hard, and you get all these gratifications out of it. But, but, yeah, <laughs> but, like, you get this awesome, you know, trophy, this awesome you know, m- meat that you can cook with and you can right. enjoy the, the weeks after the hunt. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's, but that's, I mean, really like if someone asks you, like, why do you, why do you hunt? Like, yes, you tell them all those things, but it's also like, I do it for the meat. I know where it's coming from. I, you know, I killed it. Um, I, 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 I process it. I know where it came from. And then also knowing that like the tag you bought too is like, like as a hunter, like you're also like a conservationist, like, you are doing more than just hunting, right? Like you are, you are helping out the ecosystem, which we can get into at another time. But you know, as a hunter, you're doing more than just going out there and having a good time with your buddies right. and, and all that. So yeah. the meat, the meat is obviously a huge plus. Um, exactly. I'm not going to, I mean, Dylan and I were discussing this a little bit earlier today. Um, I'm not going to be the type of guy to like bash the, the agriculture industry per se. Um, like I like, uh, a ribeye steak okay yes. so you give me the option of a ribeye or like a sirloin from an elk it's no question for me i'm taking that ribeye but tough, though. it's to me it's not i mean i'm like yeah. i love game meat i mean don't get me wrong the benefits of knowing where your food came from yeah um exactly the organic aspect all that um like i'll i'll share a, a quick story with you that kind of made me think twice about it and hank's hank's in here but hank and i had a general season deer tag last year and I knew a guy that had uh, thousands of acres of private land. He's like, man, I got tons of deer. Come hunt my private land. So I was like, cool, man. I'm out there. Well, the hunt didn't go perfectly according to plan. But Hank and I were out in the field, and we were looking at where... So there was this agriculture field, and uh, it irrigated like a big circle irrigator. Yeah, okay? like a circle crop. Correct. So Hank and I went to the middle of the field, like where all these deer had been coming to get water. Well... 
right there in the middle of the field is like a dumped over Roundup container, and there's like pesticides all over the place. And I was, for a split second, I'm like, dude, you know, like, this isn't as fresh of a meat as like in my head. I don't know. It just, it, not to say I didn't appreciate the meat that I got from the deer. I mean, I ate all the meat, but you know, in some areas, like those deer aren't as organic as people might think. Like yeah. it's a, those deer are different than the deer you might find in the mountain. Yeah. Um, you look like you got something you want to say? Yeah, it, unless your deer is out there eating certified organic crops. <laughs> if you're shooting USDA. it out of the field, it's not certified organic. It was not. It's, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm Orga- obviously yeah. not, I'm or, not I guess organic anything. is like this made-up term nowadays. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, let's look at the the reasoning behind the term organic. Is yeah. it really... Call it wild meat. Yeah, we'll yeah, call it wild meat. I know. Okay, but you get the point. Like, wild meat, wild game is fantastic, and that's a huge... A huge benefit to why hunt. So, like, when we were out bear hunting in the wilderness and you see the, the big black cow living in the same habitat that the coos deer are and these mule deer and the bears are, like, give me some of what that yeah, guy got. give me got. some of that Angus. Give me some of what oh, that guy got. I want that Angus. Um, Hank, I'm going to call on you, man. You want to give us one benefit that the outdoors has provided you? I really should have let... I should I should talk first, honestly. You guys are, are saying everything that I'm thinking of the entire time, you know, sitting back listening to all these stories. Uh, most of them I've been, I've been a part of. A lot of them I've, I've missed, you know, it kind of sucks. But uh, being out there and Dylan, you're getting a new taste of this now with uh, with your daughter. Um, you know, just, just being a dad, being out there. I've got my boy with me. He's six now. He is Get, funny, too. He is hilarious, right? He He's six going on 35. <laughs> Um, and the kid is a sponge. I met his young boy. It's like, man, does he say anything around him? He's going to pick it up. And he does. He still repeats things that you've said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, getting him out in the field, you know, uh, he's been out with me a ton of times. He'll sit up on the hill. He'll get on the radio and talk to me while I'm while I'm out on a stalk. And hearing the excitement in his voice over the radio as I'm stalking the deer. Right. Or uh, That's a cool. javelina anything I want. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, he might not know his north, south, east, west, but he's got his left and his rights down, and yeah. he knows what a buck and a doe is, and he is super excited about learning. So getting him out in the field, taking the knowledge that I have and putting that into the next generation's minds and, and continuing that that outdoor lifestyle. Right. Cool, man. Thanks for sharing. Jake, you got something you want to share, one benefit, uh, what hunting or being outdoors has done for you? Uh, yeah. Um, I would have to say for... The one benefit for me would be just the experience. Um, you get a hell of a lot better of experience out there than you do playing a video game, which is, right. in my generation, I mean, I'm the young age of 20, and a lot of my generation is just raised on video games. Right. And getting out there and such throughout my life, I mean, I've seen things that some people have never, like, they, they'll never see. Right. And um, that, and then the meat. Like, yeah. the, it, it, you can't beat it at all um i think the meat is a huge plus um yeah if you're out there hunting i mean i think people are in there for that everybody's got their own preferences on what it is you know i'm not the biggest fan of like mule deer per se i mean i'll eat the mule deer i know dylan's not either but there there are certain game animals i'm not crazy about but there's something to be said from physically harvesting your own meat like that's an experience that i think a lot of people aren't exposed to and so you'll get people that are opposed to hunting or opposed to what you do i think a lot of that comes down to just a lack of exposure and realistically if you think about it probably since the agriculture boom of the early 1900s the majority of the united states population is just used to being able to go to the supermarket you get your steak and then it comes into 
you know, your kitchen. Mm-hmm. You, they don't have to experience um, the actual taking of a life or anything like that. Newsflash, it still happens. Yeah. And, like that and animal it, had to die for that meat to be created. Mm-hmm. But then you get the same people. What really cracks me up, um, as I heard like Joe Rogan and them talking about this, is they say, you know, you got the person that's like vegan, won't eat meat, won't kill animals, but then they're like pouring out their cat food of like shredded little chickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I mean, it's like, right. <laughs> it's like people don't, it is, it's hilarious, right? People, yeah. people do not think like, they look at it from a from a perspective like okay that's negative you're taking that animal's life uh there's a sacrifice really for anything mm-hmm. couldn't agree more man with the whole experience thing it definitely it teaches you how to how to deal with things right um like you know you have a mishap happen back at home compared to a mishap out in the back country and it's like everything's going to be okay like you know like i've packed bears climbing cliffs and stuff I think uh, a little struggle at work is going to be fine. It's all, it's all marginal. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, uh, to kind of close up the show, I just want to thank you guys all for, for making it out here. I know I'm far from everybody. This wasn't a close trip for anybody but myself. Uh, so I appreciate you guys showing up. Mm-hmm. For the listeners, stay tuned. We got a lot of shows planned. We just wanted to kind of get this introduction to the show, introduction to some of the guests that you guys will see in through time. Uh, but we have been constantly brainstorming and planning and coming up with new ideas that hopefully everybody else is going to enjoy. So thanks for tuning into the chase and have a great day.